الحمد لله نحمده ونشكره ونستعينه ونستغفره ونتوب إليه نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما We praise God for all that he has given us for the earth that he has provided for us in his creation to sustain us. And we thank him for all that he has given us. And we ask him to guide us and to forgive us and to accept our repentance when we fall off his path. And we bear witness that there is no God but the one God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that Muhammad is the servant and messenger of God. And we ask that God continue to shower from his blessings upon the Prophet and his family and his companions. As Sheikh Asim was reciting the verse on how God told the angels that he is going to make the vicegerent on earth, Khalifa al Ard, and they said, How can you make this? entity, man, human beings, that God had decided to make the vicegerent. How can you make that the entity when he will only spread corruption on earth? And God said, I know more than you. And then the story of Adam goes on. And so I want to talk about this issue of Khalifa al ard And when we say Khalifa, people think, oh, you're talking politics. This is about the Islamic State and who's going to be the next uh, uh, caliph and who's going to be in charge of the affairs of the Muslims that is not what we're talking about we're not talking about who is the the one in charge for one billion Muslims which is uh, another issue altogether that has many problems but we're talking about how we are to be stewards of the earth and that is what the actual definition and meaning of the word Khalifa is. How are we protecting the earth? How are we enjoying what God has given us from the earth while maintaining the balance, the mizan, that God has ordered us and has ordered the earth and ordered us to maintain? And so I want to recite another verse on this issue from Surah Al-An'am, Surah number 6, verse 165. A'udhu rajim wa huwa alladhi ja'alakum khala'ifa al-ardi wa rafa'a ba'adakum fawka ba'adin darajatin liyabluwakum fi ma'atakum inna rabbaka sari'u al-iqab wa innahu laghafurun rahim laghafurun rahim and it is translated as, for it is he, God Almighty, who has bestowed you, who has made you inheritors of the earth, vicegerents, stewards of the earth, and has raised you, some of you by degrees above others, so that he might try you by means of what he has bestowed upon you. Verily, thy sustainer is swift in retribution, yet behold, he is indeed much forgiving, a dispenser of grace. 
So there are three very important components to this very rich verse. The decision of God Almighty to make human beings, you and I, as inheritors of the earth, stewards of the earth. And number two, to say that some of us are more privileged than others. He has raised some of you by degrees above others. Why? So that he might try you by means of what he has bestowed upon you. In other words, he is relying on us as people to make things right. For those of us who are privileged to maintain the equity for, th for those who are underprivileged. And then he says, Verily thy sustainer is swift in retribution, yet behold, he is indeed much forgiving, a dispenser of grace. In other words, the choice is ours. If we follow this verse, he will forgive and continue to shower from his grace on all of us. If we do not follow this, then he is swift in retribution. So, we are responsible for maintaining the order and the balance of the creation of God. And the Quran is filled with stories about this creation. It is the most scientific of all scriptures. It talks about the oceans and the chemicals within the oceans. It talks about the galaxies. It talks about the fetus and the development of the fetus. It talks about the brain. It talks about so many other realities in God's creation. It talks about the diversity of the colors of the creation. And yet we are moving away from scientific realities in the way we deal with our stewardship, our responsibility to be stewards, Khalifatul Ard, uh, stewards of the earth. And we know that part of our personal responsibility is to, to conserve in energy, for example. So I go around the house, for example, I'm the one who turns all the lights off. I'm the one who says, okay, let's make sure that the thermostat is not too high when it, it is uh, winter and not too low when it is summer. And we should maintain how much water we use for the yard. And then I realize that the statistics show that personal responsibility for conservation is only a fraction of, the, uh, of dealing with the problem. For example, when we recycle, it is only 9% of what we put in recycling bins that are actually recyclable. And when we conserve water, we as the people, the homes that conserve water, represent only a third of the total water that is used in the state of California, for example. And when we are turning off the lights and maintaining energy in our homes, it is the industries that use fossil fuels that really contribute to the pollution um, in our environment that is the real problem. So we have to scale our work to a popular uh, effort in, derns, in terms of dealing with this problem, not just conserving individually. There was a September 10th uh, article in the Los Angeles Times that says LA now suffers its worst pollution since 30 years ago. There are, it, the pollution has increased 150%. And this is not because of the fires. The fires is another issue. This is even before the fires, as of April 1st. And you thought, well, we're not driving our cars, and we're not using um, 
we're not going to restaurants, we're not using public parks and amusement centers and departments. Where is the issue? The issue is the governor had to deregulate the environmental standards on, energy on the energy sector, and that is where the pollution came from. So we have to understand the realities of our society. I remember from 30 years ago, you would, you would look at LA as a haze of orange smoke covering the basin. And then the, we, we did much better in terms of emission control and now it is back to that situation. And as I said, even before the fires started. And now with the fires, obviously it is even worse. And by the way, the fires, 90% of these fires are started by human beings. When there is a campfire that goes out of control, or what they say now about these gender revelation fireworks that happen out in the desert, or there's a campfire, or there are people um, who um, deliberately uh, commit arson. There are also unfastened power lines throughout the forests and throughout the desert that when the wind picks up, it whips these power lines, causes a spark that creates the fire. And so the stark reality now of this bad air that we have to consume is really highlighting the need for understanding what is going on and understanding how to be a better steward of the earth, a better Khalifat al-Ard. And the Quran talks about many of these issues and I'll go over some other verses. In Surah 2, verse 60, it says, eat and drink from the provisions of God and do not commit abuse on the earth, spreading corruption. Spreading corruption between human beings and also abuse of the earth by violating what uh, has been created as sacred from the uh, water to the air to the environment all around us. And the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he uh, was reportedly do, uh, making wudu, he admonished a person next to him not to use too much water. And you would think at that time, 1400 years ago, with water flowing, how can this be too much water? It is following the spirit and the law of this verse that no matter what situation you're in, you should never go into excess because of the carbon imprint uh, that uh, carbon print that, that we uh, establish that impacts the environment around us and that impacts the air and the ozone layer. And the more carbon emissions in our environment, then the more um, there will be less or the less protective the ozone will be in terms of protecting us from radiation and other carcinogens in the environment. In Surah 7, verse 31, it says, eat and drink, but not by extravagance. Certainly, God likes not those who waste by extravagance. So nowadays, when we um, uh, are, are dealing with water, we should be uh, very conservative, especially in the mosques when we have wudu. Sometimes I feel like I need to have a water suit when I go into the wudu area because of so much water that is being splashed around. We should take into uh, the spirit and the letter of these verses and learn to conserve even when we have to uh, um, perform our rituals for prayer. 
So why does Muslim advocacy for the earth matter? Um, we should be advoc not advocating for environmental sustainability just for the purposes of our own survival. Rather, as stewards protecting and respecting all creations of God, we must advocate because of our love for God. For nature, in all sense of the, wor wor the word, we have a duty to conserve the earth as those who submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as a form of worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not just because of our own purpose of surviving for generations. So please consider that as we look into environmental protections and climate change as a reality for us in being true servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of love for him to be stewards of the earth, Khalifatul Ard. Alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. There are people in our community that are already working on this issue. One of them, if you look at this book, it's called Green Dean, What Islam Teaches Us About Protecting the Planet, written by a brother named Ibrahim Abdul Mateen. And there is a foreword by Congressman Keith Ellison. And it is talking about how we can start conserving within our own community and within our own mosque. And others who are doing exactly the same thing, there is a woman by the name of Fatima Iqbal Zubair. She is uh, running for state assembly, and she is proposing a clean energy plan for all of California so that we can have renewable energy without contributing to pollution. And that requires solar technology, air technology, nuclear technology. And the problem people will say is, well, every time we try to do this, it's too expensive. It's too impractical. Well, that's the job of our, of our leaders, is to make it more practical and less expensive, to put the investments in the infrastructure and the research so that clean air um, and clean energy are reality for all of us. In one of the important prayers of Prophet Ibrahim السلام, when he built the, the Kaaba, he recited a verse and he mentioned something very important. He says, and it's in, uh, it's, it's in Surah uh, Al-Baqarah, Surah number two, verse 126, Sa'udu Ibrahim, aminan. And Abraham said, My Lord, make this a secure city and provide its people with it with your sustenance, with your bounty. Why is that important? Because the prophet Abraham, peace on him, is asking for security and for sustenance. We spend as a society, about $1 trillion a year on security, from the federal to the state to the local government. Yet people do not feel secure because we are not looking into what the prophet is actually talking about when it comes to security. He doesn't mean 
more military, more guns, and more surveillance, which is what our security budget is about. He's talking about when the human being feels secure, when the human being is taken care of, especially those who are under, uh, underprivileged, especially those who are essential workers who are poor and suffer the most when there are carcinogens in the water. That is the security that we are aiming for. It's called human security. And to be Khalifa al-Ard, to be the stewards of God's earth, we have to work for climate change, which means it, this is connected to human security so that all of the bounties of God are, um, are, are, are cherished and enjoyed by all of God's people. So when it comes to climate change then, some of us say, well, it's not my problem. I have a nice home and everything is fine and I'm conserving. It is more than a local issue. If we look internationally now, with the climate change that is happeni happening around the world, there will be severe population displacements because there will not be water in those areas for much longer. And wars will happen not uh, because of politics. Wars will happen because people will fight over water. So it is our duty to work on that so that we don't have to deal with a larger problem later on. And we all know all the charities that we support to support the refugee crises, to help feed people. This problem is going to grow to an insurmountable event. And if we work on climate change right now, then we are working for taking care of these people who are potentially going to be displaced in these populations. So as, as we said, the Quran talks about all of these scientific realities, about the beauties of God's creation. He asks us not to waste, not to be extravagant. This is revealed by God. By God. The Quran encourages scientific discovery. It calls upon us to maintain the balance of the order set by God, and it is only through being stewards of the earth that we do that. Now, Prophet um, uh, Abraham talked about human security, and other religious leaders are talking about the same thing in terms of climate change. Pope Francis, for example, who said, on care for our common home, the climate is a common good belonging to all and meant for all. At the global level, it is a complex system linked to many of the essential conditions for human life. Climate change does not discriminate and it is an issue facing all of our communities. We must unite with diverse groups to combat it. And it's amazing now that you go to certain houses of worship, certain religious communities that are denying this problem, and they go to an extent, to the extent, and I saw it for myself, a preacher up there saying that when it comes to plants, they contribute to the problem of pollution because they emit carbon dioxide. This is obviously flying in the face of scientific reality because anyone that has gone through any secondary education in our country or anywhere around the world for that matter knows that plants take in carbon dioxide and water to create through photosynthesis uh, carbohydrates in them. And, and so when we see that religious leaders are pushing these falsehoods about scientific realities, it means that religion itself needs to check on where it is in terms of these scientific realities the Earth's temperature is definitely increasing, and we must be aware of these 
uh, ramifications that are permanent and could be irreversible unless we do something about that issue. I want to mention two other young people today. You know, um, there's a, a young person who works for California Youth Against the Oil Industry in this state named Sarah Ricci, and she taught us a lot about conservation and about climate change and how this is an issue of equity exactly the way the Quran uh, told us at the beginning uh, uh, today. And so it's people like Sarah Ricci, like Fatima Iqbal Az-Zubairi, like Ibrahim Abdul Mateen, who are our leaders on this front. And we, as Muslims, should create space for them in our mosques to have more conversations about this very, very important issue. One time I turned on the TV and I see a number of our young people pointing to what was happening in North Dakota, that there was a pipeline that was uh, supposed to be built going through an Indian reservation. And they were concerned about the impact on the environment against the indigenous people who have suffered the most when it comes to these issues. It is these leaders who are telling us what is important in our society today. And it is these leaders we need to create space for in our Islamic centers and our meetings and gatherings. Another young person who became very famous at the age of 15 talking about this issue, her name is Greta Thunberg. She was the person of the year for Time Magazine in 2019. She attended a summit uh, on the environment and she, she came to the podium and said, this is all wrong, I shouldn't be up here, I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words, and yet I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are at the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? And these are words that became famous throughout all the discourse on this issue of climate change in our society. So yes, we should turn off lights when they're not used. We should recycle regardless of what percentage of these items are actually recyclable. We should maintain conservation of water around our home even though we only represent a third of the total water usage in our state. We should be doing everything we can in terms, in terms of emission control with our cars, even though it is the energy sector that is contributing the most in terms of pollution. But we should also be working for overall change of our situation in our society and support people like Ibrahim Abdul Mateen, Fatima Iqbal Zubair, and Sarah Ricci. Oh Allah, thank you for bringing us together on this day of Jum'ah. And we ask you to give us respite and support and resolution as we deal with the wildfires throughout our society. And we ask that you protect the wildlife and all of the environment at, uh, around us, that you created the earth as our canopy and our bounty, a source of sustenance. We ask that with all the fires literally all around us, that you also extinguish the fires in our own hearts that prevent us 
from dealing with these issues Islamically and rationally. We ask, us, we ask you to bring us closer to the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad We ask you to give the baton to our future leaders in pride as Muslims in our society. And we ask you to be among those who are the most truthful, to be among those who abstain from evil, to be among those who strive heavily in your cause and to give for your cause so that we may be proud of our own contributions for your cause in Islam. Wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Akam as-salaam.